Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. This is episode 66 of Death Readers, the podcast where we read through the Harry Potter book series. In this episode, we're going to be reading through Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, chapters 22, 23, and 24. If this is your first time listening, uh, I have never read the books before. This is the... Uh, the, like this is our sort of mission is to get me to read through these books and we've done most of them this is the last one Rob's read them many times and yeah. he's here to help guide me through the process and, and shepherd me on this uh, path of treachery <laughs> I mean I've, I've been thinking about this and we've ostensibly started as let's get Doug to read the books and have you know thoughts for the first time through virgin eyes and it's become instead this fall from grace this lucifer rebelling in heaven narrative <laughs> where i basked in the glory of these books and now i'm like you know i'm not so sure i'm the morning star no i'm the morning star because i'm falling from oh. heaven oh sorry You're, you could be the tree of knowledge or whatever the equivalent was for uh the, i could be the, the serpent no no that's still me i'm still the serpent um but you could be re- i could be the metatron you could be the metatron cool yeah you'd be like i'm tron but i'm also bruce Boxleitner." you know what's fucked up about the metatron is that like it's probably the best and most hardcore sci-fi name ever yeah but it came from the bible yeah but see but see if tron knew he was also bruce Boxleitner, then he would be a very meta tron yeah but i mean like tron in and of itself is kind of meta like it's a story about a guy who made <sighs> like the video game and then like got inside of it but tron wasn't meta no tron wasn't meta but clue uh, was meta clue clue yeah well yeah yeah, but like yeah i'm just saying man i'm just saying alan never went into the game because man somewhere in one of these files is the proof it's close i can get to it jeff bridges so, <laughs> all right, that one—that one is on me. That digression is on me. Anyways, point is, Lucifer reading through the books. Go. Uh, um, the voice of God is gobsmacked. <laughs> yes, it, it, the the podcast has sort of evolved from. Let's see what it's like to read these books at this at at at, at over thirty. To oh boy, how am I going to criticize it this week? Um, I mean, I do genuinely believe it started off very innocently. Like sure. I walked in being open to like whatever these books were going to have. I, I think I think in a, in one sense we may have been. I may have like been misserved by seeing the movies first because I did enjoy the movies at the time. Even the movies have been like. Like when we we do our commentaries, uh, which you can find on our Patreon page, mm. uh, it, it it still feels sort of similar of like watching them being like, wow, this movie. I remember thinking this movie ruled, but boy, is it rushed, and boy, is there a lot missing, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, again, a lot of the stuff that's missing, I don't think is valuable. No, but there are certain aspects. I think we we had this revelation in our uh, what was it, Azkaban, Prisoner of Azkaban review. Where there was like a huge chunction, uh, ch- uh, huge chunction. Where there, there was a huge chunk of story missing, mostly about well, that was the wink, winky one, right? 
No, no. Winky's in four. Okay, then maybe that's the one that yeah, I feel like has no house elves all of that three. is missing and mm-hmm. that that makes almost no sense right. without it. Right. Yeah, they, they, they really lop off some limbs and cauterize them to each other in a sort of David Cronian, Bergian, just body horror of a plot. Yeah. So um, we recommend that if you're listening to this show that you also reread the chapters that we're reading before you listen because uh, we're going to be going through these chapters page by page and talking about the notes we take as we read uh, through them. And I think that uh, it would probably work best if you also had recently reread them so you're reacting to what we're saying with a fresh recollection as opposed to your uh, calcified and, and hardened and treasured memories of these books. So uh, unless you have anything else to talk about, I don't. I have we can nothing get else. into it. No housekeeping or anything. Perfect. Well, I think that brings us to chapter 22. The Deathly Hallows. Titular chapter. Mm. Um, my first page note is page 425. Okay, it's you for change. So uh, it's a note that I, I actually have like amended later because they, they answer the question that I have. But it's just like, so we know Luna's been captured, but I think here they mention that she's in Azkaban or they suggest that she's in Azkaban. And that really struck me because, like, I just wondered, like, are there still Dementors in Azkaban? Like, at this point in time, at page 425, we don't know any of these answers. And they all essentially get answered later. So it's not the best note. They do, but but it speaks to a couple things. Like, I thought the Dementors had left Azkaban. They're still treating the idea of Azkaban as the most horrid thing ever, where now it could just be some dowdy, you know, guard patrols. That's exactly where I was thinking. But... Later, we do realize that the Dementors are still at Azkaban. Why do we realize or that? Have gone... What? Why do we realize that? Uh, well, we'll get to it in my okay. in two notes from now. Okay, okay, um, okay. Um, but, but the way she writes, and I think it comes up again in this book, um, she does that thing where she has the character suppose something and then just takes right. that to be true. And this is an instance yep. of that not being the case. Because I assume Luna's in Azkaban. Guess we'll just leave it at that. And then they find her somewhere else. Right. And. Yep. Well, that's all my note there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And like I said, it's a, it's, it's a tough note because they all, all those like questions get answered, but Mm -hmm. like, that's fine. Uh, My next note is 433. 426. All right. That's you. I thought it was a surprisingly insightful points on making stuff up on the spur of the moment from Ron. That was, that was a neat moment. He's like, oh, no. What do you mean? He said Xenophilius Lovegood was probably telling the truth as far as he understood it, because when I had to make shit up for the Snatchers, I had to, like, use truth and just kind of coast along because just making shit up is hard. Yeah, it's like when you watch, like, Whose Line Is It Anyway? I think the impetus is to be like, oh, that's so easy. Right. I could do that. Right. And it's like, fucking do it. Go do it. See what that's like. See what it's like to have the thing you say aloud on stage that you... That, you have to manifest instantly. See how hard it is to make that funny. Right. See how hard it is to make that play. Do it. I fucking dare you. Like, like have some respect for those people who have worked that craft and figured out how to do that. It might be something you don't... Like, that's the thing about entertainment. Is it's the kind of thing that a lot of people just, like, they resent it. They don't really value it. They consume a shit ton of it. But they also, like, don't really respect it. Right. Even though the thing that's happening in like is actually like a work of fucking magic oftentimes. Um, 
by, by either one person or a huge amount of people, do, uh, uh, you know, comprising a crew. But if you watch something like Whose Line Is It Anyway, like or like other improv stuff, it's pretty incredible how, you know, these people are able to tap into this ethereal vein of energy and spontaneity mm-hmm. and that they, they do it through practice um and and serious effort and 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 uh discipline so i think you're right ron saying that that is really hard is a oddly like specific realistic like observation uh, of the human condition on his part yeah right it was, it was neat it was, it was a neat moment of yeah i'm i'm with you book and then it kind of gets uh a little bit uh not reinforced but like it becomes like it eventually becomes exactly what Hermione does in the last chapter that we read this episode mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting because it's kind of like giving her a lot of like credit for something that isn't obvious but is a like referenced earlier in chapter 22 right. like when she's being tortured and and after later Harry's like great job by the way not like blowing it and she's like you didn't snitch right and he's like she's like and still you get stitches and he's like she's she's like you're you're the snitch harry because he's a seeker oh yeah god you are not getting jokes (laughs) i get jokes I'm, i'm very i'm very good at jokes if you wrote them down right not even then i've i've counseled you on jokes that were written down that you didn't understand well they should have been written better that was your contention. <laughs> well, then clearly I'm right. My problem isn't that I don't understand why this is funny. My problem is the structure. <laughs> that was a literal conversation we had. I have that conversation <laughs> with a lot of people because they keep showing me jokes that are not funny in written form. Okay. Um, 432 is my next note. All right. That's still you. All right. Here we see the realization of the strange Venn diagram. Voldemort's after the Elder Wand because it's the Master Wand, Death Stick, whatever, but not because it's a hallow. Yeah, not because it's a hallow. He has no idea. That seems so silly. It it's he... it's a little odd. But it's... then again, later neither did Ollivander. So, I guess my point there is like it's odd that someone like Dumbledore would be so clued into it, and someone like uh, Xenophilius would be so tuned into it, but. The guy who's the best wand maker around wouldn't. I mean, I guess it's a way to really shoehorn in. There's so much more that you don't even understand. I don't know. It's just it's just a weird. It feels like the book's being filtered through a prism, and there's so many different things to try to track. Yeah, the world building is like is prismic. <laughs> prismic, yes. Diffuse. Is that the conjugation? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Prismatic. Prismatic. Um. Prismic sounds dirtier i like it okay my next note is page 433 oh wait no i got another 432 <laughs> oh do it i mean technically i guess mine's 432 also but you can go first okay uh because i've got a little section to read here uh my note is more assertions that harry's surmise is correct without necessary proofs and the sentence was didn't the simple fact that he'd taken a hollow and turned it into a horcrux demonstrate that he did not know this late la- last great wizarding secret we still don't know for a fact yes. that the ring in question is a hallow. Right. This is something that Harry's just come up with seconds ago. 
and with no proof other with, than it is a rock, and, it, and then it fits. It's the exact thing Hermione's uh, complaining about, and yet it is proven to be the truth. Oh, it is. I mean, come on, you know this. I don't remember this part. Oh well, it's yes, it is. God, you're bad at spoiling. Um, well, I mean, the, come on, this is something we because we need to address this. This is like the well, your is... whole premise of this note is that Harry has made an, made an assumption that it is the case, and then you go on and you say, well, he's right though. Like, no, but but that, no, that's my. This is my my notes about her writing style, how she always does oh, this. Right. The, the 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 inverse of this was when I talked about Luna moments ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like the eclipse, the Luna eclipse. Team Jacob. Yeah. Well, my notes are kind of about the same thing. Okay. Well, let's hear your notes. It's, it's just that I felt like it was cute that the conversation that. Uh, Harry and Hermione were having in this moment is a lot like how we do our show where like you're like man it all fits like look at this it goes this way it's all right there and then I'm like no it doesn't it's bullshit this is why it's wrong and you're like I'm telling you man it fits um, that's, so that's, that's not a good I'm, impression of either of I'm, us I'm Harry then is what you're saying but Harry's right so yeah. you have the you have the righteousness yeah Harry Harry Morningstar these are great books um <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just thought that was that was it. Just I was like, oh, that's cute. My, my next, next note is my next note is four forty three. My next note is page four thirty five. Well, it's all you. This is the the note about the Dementors being at Azkaban, but I don't remember where it is on the page. Okay. Oh, I guess it's not confirmation, but here at the very bottom of the page, it says it was nearly dawn when he remembered Luna alone in a cell in Azkaban, surrounded by Dementors. And he suddenly felt ashamed of himself. That's so weird. See, now it's now it's being taken to be true. Yeah, exactly. But but it's also being presented through Harry's perspective. So to Harry, it is true, regardless of whether or not it actually is. But I, I think that's like, the part I missed here. Because I, I agree with you. I think it's I her writing like the, style. It's the, that the, same the, thing. The, the more responsible way to write it was Harry remembered that you know he was worried she was there, that he thought she was there, or the, the idea that she was there. Something like right. that. Because she's gonna prove it wrong, but but she's you know browbeating us to trust that this is um, world building. Yeah, his his Not perspective, like his internal monologue, is presented as a a confirmation of a world state. Yeah, and it's it's but without any proof other than he supposes it. Right, and in the past, this has been a way to say this is how the world is, and I can continue on with yes. my story. And now it's right. not, and it's so. Oh, it's tiresome. It's tiresome, like but it. it's also um, like you don't know what to trust. Yes, because we could very well find out that there are no actual Dementors at like like we find out in a, the, these chapters. Luna isn't there. Uh, we don't really know, I guess, if Dementors are back at Azkaban again. I assuming they are if they're under the control of you know who or they've you know aligned themselves with him. Um, whatever, but yeah, I guess. I, but I got tricked. Like this note proves it. Like she tricked me into believing that that was like confirmation because that's how it's written. Mm-hmm. 436. Okay. And this moment was where Harry's getting more Voldemort visions, mm-hmm. but they're all blurry. He makes that distinction that the, he, it's, it's specifically more difficult now to see them because he's, he's used to seeing them very crisp. And I wondered if Voldemort has started to use occlumency. Oh, I don't remember. But this. He doesn't later. Where was so this? like, 436? I don't know. Yeah. The visions he and Voldemort were sharing had changed in quality. They had become blurred, shifting, and as though they were moving in and out of focus. Well, it's been a good long time on this. I must have just skimmed it. Yeah, she does spend like half a page on it, but then it basically goes back to normal in the next couple of chapters. Yeah, and she I, I feel why. like I feel like maybe, maybe they never come back to it again, and that's why I'm just like uh, I'm just reading what like 
effectively four paragraphs on something that's never going to come up again. <sighs> I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I wish I did. Well, my next one's 439. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now who's Mozart? Um, this one is just like the revelation of like they, they finally get to tune into the radio show. And it's like I think it's like the idea that uh, Ted Tonks is dead and one of those goblins, I think, is dead. Mm-hmm. And they don't know where De- they don't know where Dean is. Right. Right. At this point. And so I, my note is basically like, wow. So like everybody from the Goblin Revolt chapter is either dead or missing. That's mm-hmm. fucking crazy. Yeah. It's I dark- mean, it's, it's simultaneously crazy and also boring as shit because like I'm losing interest in the parts of the reading that are supposed to be thrilling like i i can see where they're come i can see them when they happen but are they really affecting me in the way that i that i i should be being affected or is it like or am i being played because that's how it feels it feels like i didn't give a shit about these characters until she plopped them right in the middle of the story and made them take up like 50 pages or something of useless space right so that then she could remove them from the story later like 100 pages later that feels poorly constructed Dean and Ted Tonks are the only two we've even really have a connection to before right. this. And Ted only in this book. So we, we've got him on name recognition. Yeah, only. So it just it just seems like it's like, oh, I should Tonks a lot. Right. It just feels like I should be. I, I feel like I'm seeing that she wants me to be upset mm-hmm. and I and responding to that in in the way I'm supposed to, but at the same time, like I'm not actually upset. I right. don't care about those characters. They've done. Like, why should I? I've never. She's not I, earned I it. I haven't needed to be invested with invested right. with them. The only thing I'd care about even later is realizing, like, oh, Ted Tonks died before his he could meet his grandchild. That's sad. Uh, but also, I don't care. Like it's it doesn't. Tonks like like Nymphador is the only one that I have any sort of connection to in that family, and that's not because of this book. And that's that's kind of weird too when you think about the structure of this. He's reporting Ted Tonks is dead, and and not even well, he's in, literally in the room with Lupin. Yeah. Yes, well, he's literally in the room with Lupin, and not and we don't even get one of Harry's uh, wild surmises about how things are for us to to know, you know, how the world is. Right. It's just odd. It's just especially since we hear that you know Lupin's back together with Tonks, and right, they're all happy, happy. I, uh, th- I mean, I think I would know about this later. That there's a, just just more of this, just typey type into the end. I'm almost there. I can see the finish line. It <laughs> doesn't have to make sense. They're gonna buy my books. I'm J.K. Rowling. Yeah. My next note. Yeah. Is 4:40. Okay. So you. So many. Um. So if you're gonna use code names that are literally just synonyms of your name. Yeah. You've done a bad job, bit. Code naming, <laughs> like, uh, I mean, you should be going for something. No, no, it, like calling Kingsley Royal yeah. and calling Lupin Romulus yeah. is so. Fu- Even calling Lee Jordan River is too fucking on the nose. It is. I mean, you're not just 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 to twist that knife a little bit more. You're not calling necessarily Lupin Romulus. You're calling Remus Romulus. Yes, and that's, Remus that's Lupin even Romulus. more embarrassing. Yes, I just want yes. that. I just want that acknowledged. But I mean, it's also I think easy to forget the River Jordan. Like that's what that reference is. Mm-hmm. I mean, that one's better than Royal, but still, like, 
it should be you should if you're gonna do that you need to go with like words that are so completely nonsensical like out of way out of left field not related at all to your name or anything that could identify you to it should be instead of like kingsley or uh, kingsley instead of royal and romulus it should be like i don't like something like sand shoe and ipecac or something like that where it's like it's so no okay what like who would have the who would want to identify themselves as those things like that's that's those are that's nonsense it means nothing but I that's mean, what makes it perfect but that's not clever this the other shit's not clever <laughs> that's like rhyming a, the word with the same word that's not clever that's lazy I mean, that says you. That's Laffy Taffy level clever. <laughs> that's popsicle stick clever. That's like yes. that, that. It's 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 not really clever. No, I guess it's not. I suppose. Fine. Whatever. Rapier. Rapier. I mean, it also like like how how bad that is. It's in my opinion also kind of flies in the face of the whole argument of like these books age with the reader. Like they, they're really like they challenge you later because you've grown and they've grown. It's like, well, then why am I reading this schlock? Like, why is again? I guess I also trying to be a little bit more objective. It could just very simply be, as we've mentioned before, that these books may not be for me. Mm-hmm. That like I don't value those aspects of these books i don't value the four children parts of these books right it's hard for me to get in the brain space of of liking those things from that perspective so uh, it's 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 like i have my own biases and i can i can acknowledge that um so again like trying to check myself and be like this isn't necessarily fully objective it's not it is it is largely just my opinion based on my preference so she gets she gets a pass on that in a sense but i still think it's bad for subterfuge and it's like pretending you're clever so do you really want to be doing either one of those things in your writing okay i didn't actually write this down so i'll just say it now uh i think i had a i almost wrote a note of just saying all the humor in this was just kind of embarrassing to read Yes, I mean, to, uh, if if my cards are on the table, this was not fun. This was. We're still doing this, Jesus. The chapter where they're in the Malfoy's house, mm-hmm. and there's all this like, or, or like, even the start was up for the next chapter where they get caught by the seekers or whatever they're called, the searchers. What are mm-hmm. they fucking called? Snatchers. Snatchers. Um, horrible name. Mm-hmm. They uh. <laughs> They, uh, <laughs> I kept reading it like a Monty Python sketch. Like I got in this weird sort of sense of like that sort of obstinate stupidity that makes Pythonism so funny. I got it in these, these moments and I was just did not understand if I was supposed to like, <laughs> but I kept reading it like that. And right. I was like, man, this is weird. Why am I, why does this feel so much like this? <laughs> Whatever. My next note's 445. 443. That's finally you. Finally. That's going to be so worth it. Do you think uh, George was keeping an ear out for Fred's appearance on Potterwatch? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> Victory dance! 
See, I added some well-earned humor to this chapter. You heard it here first, folks. Oh. Are you, are you done? Are you happy with that? <laughs> I'm not happy with you uh, putting a button on it. It's my button. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I think that was... My reaction was very much a, I can't believe you've done this kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, uh, that's 4.45, my next note. Oh, mine's also 445. So go ahead. Well, mine's literally like the last line of the chapter. So if you have anything before the last line. Uh, it's 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 about the Snatchers showing up. Okay, go for it. Uh, okay, mine's before that one, actually. Jesus Christ. My note is, that's like God whole... damn it. Mine is, God damn it, Harry's really fucking stupid. Because <laughs> he, it's, it, my note is him saying Voldemort's name. Right. That's before they show up. So Look, like. Let, let's talk about that for a second, though. Okay. You're 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 a group of three adolescent kids fighting a grown up <laughs> fight mm-hmm. uh, against an awful awful enemy that you hate as much as can mm-hmm. be ever said to be hated anything. You're like, this is your first real burning instance of proper hate. This is not against Draco. This is fucking hate. But you're also an adolescent. You're not allowed to say their name. Are you telling me you're not going to come up with some sort of hilarious catch-all that you can just like, oh, I'm going to say this thing because he's a full the turd, whatever it is, <laughs> just to just to, just to to show how much you disrespect and hate this guy. And you could call it that freely all the time. Your choices are you-know-who and Voldemort. This is stupid. Yeah, I'm saying like, I would say like, you go with like, you basically like, all right, everybody, from now on, when we talk about him, we're going to call him that bastard. Sure. And every time we say that bastard, we all know who we're talking about. Or like old poop eater, or like the poop. (laughs) Yes, old old poop eater. Like we call him that. Obviously, there's no one else we could be talking about, right? Except you know who, old poop eater, right? And like that would be great, like because then you guys could fully like like lean into it, and like it would take his power away. It would absolutely take his power away. You could probably come up with riffs on it, but you would have a, a a bedrock to always fall back on. You wouldn't slip into oops Voldemort, right? It's that thing from uh, It where they like criticize the uh, Pennywise or they criticize the 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 deadlights mm-hmm. and and mock them and that's how they defeat them. Right. That's what you do. You just basically like just shit talk him in a way that doesn't call attention to the thing that makes him powerful, which is, is his old scary name. So I mean, maybe that's the problem with this whole book is there's it's 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 got all the fun sucked out of it because that's something that would I think naturally happen. Yeah, it, I, don't know. I mean, I don't think you're wrong. I think that the the premise of this book specifically is is problematic because you take them out of the the established like place you expect them to be. Hogwarts, you take them out of the establishment of of all six other books, and then it seems like she doesn't really know what to do with them outside of those confines. Right. And she's learning how to do this thing as she goes. And it just doesn't really work. She like, has them wander how many chapters... until shit happens to them. How, yeah, exactly. And, and, and how many chapters do we have where there are chunks of explanation that explain something like, and then weeks went by and now it's March. And like, they just sat around doing nothing for a really long time. And that's like, you know, that's just normal now. That's just the way it is. And I'm bored with it. I mean, arguably like, it's the exact same um, structure, but we had at least class and other people to talk to and incidents with bullies and little kind of mini adventures 
in between. Yes. Now it's just right. We sat around today, sat around yesterday too. Probably <laughs> sit around tomorrow. Yeah, or, or, or and then until someone else like intervenes and gives them adventure, but right. they're not seeking it. Right. They're not like there's literally they, a part where they're just like hopping around, and Harry's like, "Why do we keep doing this?" And Ron's like, "I don't know. We might find a hallow in this town." Right. They they talk about it. They 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 try to get, she tries to give the appearance of action. Right. But effectively, they could just be sitting there. Yep. Yep. Looking for hallows. Yep. <laughs> That's um, my note. 445. Okay, so here's... Uh, uh, they're in number 12, Grimmauld Place. Let's go back in time. I feel like they're using the name Voldemort then. Are they not? Is it one of those things where she keeps almost... They almost do it, and that's when they're just shying away from it at the last second, and it's, we don't find out later. Oh, that was lucky that they didn't say it. I think I'd always, I think... Okay. I'd always assumed it was... They were they had said it, and that's why people were appearing up outside, but they couldn't because the place was protected by, you know, secret-keeping magic that they couldn't access. They just, like, you know, we know someone said the name around here, and that's why more and more people kept showing up in the courtyard. Maybe that is it. But, well, but, but here, because I thought the tent was super protected, but apparently they can say the name, and now the people can see the tent? Well, that's what, that's what Ron said when he described the taboo earlier, is he says that... As soon as you say the name, the taboo breaks all your protective charms. Okay, so would so, it have broken the invisibility cloak if they'd been under it? Since it protects no, you from all a, spells hurled at it. It's not a other charm. Than, no, but I'm saying, remember, all, all magic that would reveal it doesn't work on the cloak, except for Moody's eye, um, because it's a hallow. So if you are under the cloak and you say, you say Voldemort and they show up, would they be able to detect you under the cloak? No. Because that's not how Ron describes how the taboo works. Well, they should have put the cloak on. He did. Remember, that's exactly what happens when there's a moment where Harry apparates at the steps under the cloak and he has a, like part of his elbow pop out and they see him. This, you know, I'm saying when they've said taboo or they said Voldemort and the snatchers show up and like you in the tent come out, they should have put the cloak on. They may not have had it handy. Well, like they're they're, they thought they were they were protected. They thought they were safe all the time. Harry's not like. He's not shrouded in the cloak all the time. I thought he had it on to do that, just that very thing. No. This is stupid. <laughs> That's my last note for this stupid chapter. Um, I love these books, Doug. We should do a podcast. Oh, I'm so excited to do these books. Okay. Um, You're going to love them so much. Well, that brings us to chapter 23. Malfoy Manor. My first note is 471. My, 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 my first note is 470. Okay. Um, can I just say, though, that I, I, I really like Helena Bonham Carter, and I wish she was in this book. She was in this book? I wish she was in this book. It would be more interesting. What does that mean, she was in this book? She's not in the book. She's in the movie. The movie has her. The book doesn't. <laughs> oh, okay. The so you're has... saying she specifically enhances the material. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Um... It's just like nobody ever says, I wish an actor was in a book. So, like, I was thrown sure. by your weird thing you said. Hey, you know, it's fine. Whatever. Shut up. Man, I really wish Orson Welles was in this book. Wouldn't that be awesome, too? I, f I feel like he would bring a lot to the role of Dumbledore. You know what, Mr. Fudge? I have lost of money teaching, and I'm going to continue to lose a lot of money teaching. At the rate I'm going, I'll stop teaching in about 100 years. It's as close as I could get, and it's not an Orson Welles impression. Everything sucks. I'm sorry. I also don't have a Welles impression, but here it goes. Okay. 
When I eat frozen lemon drops, I know that I'm in the height of luxury. Uh, Thank you for that. Okay. Enough of that bullshit. Okay. 470. Yeah. Okay. Uh, from the introduction in this book of Wormtail to his death, this is crazy rushed. This is crazy. Yeah. I've got to tie up that loose end that Dumbledore mentioned at the end of book three. Like, it may one day come a time when you're glad that Wormtail is in your debt. And it's like she had a stopwatch. Lucius Malfoy's like, Wormtail, go. <laughs> and suddenly he's dead and I'm like wow this was quick it that's actually my note too is is just like why why does his hand do that <laughs> uh, and I, they kind of justify it later I I, I feel like, like the hand doing that is it's just built into Voldemort magic he's just a magic ma- master like, coder because he because he's like you're cowardly you'll betray me if you do this is built in to kill you and he just had an instant thought of, oh, shit, I did woe him. Nope, I'll still kill him. Oh, nope, that wasn't enough for the magic. But, I mean, that that aspect of it worked fine for me because it seemed in keeping with Voldemort's, you know, you have to cut yourself to open the magic cave. You have to drink the horrible potion to get the Horcrux. That, that's, that's sure. That that works. That gels. Um, but she just has to speed through it. Yeah. Uh, because remember she mentioned it and uh, if she doesn't tie it up, then it's not a good series. <laughs> Probably true. Uh, my next note's page 473. Yeah, go for it. I think that was my one note for this chapter. <laughs> this is a note about the rules of apparition. Oh, okay. Apparently you have to be within a certain distance of the place you want to apparate to. I don't remember that being a rule before. But I mean, it's one now. Sure. It just seems like... Stupid. Not necessarily stupid, but, like, why wasn't that part of the original, like... I mean, it's not like it's not like Nightcrawler's rules where it's, like, you have to see where you're going. Line, line of sight, teleportation. Right. 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 Bamf. Um, right. What is the actual line about this? Because I don't remember this either. 477, you say? 473. That's what I said. 477. You said 477. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh... Do you want me to read it to you, or are you going to find it? You can read it to me. Harry knew it. His scar was bursting with the pain of it, and he could feel Voldemort flying through the sky from far away over a dark and stormy sea, and soon he would be close enough to apparate to them, and Harry could see no way out. Okay. Okay. I see. I see. Nope. Good point. Very good point. I thought it was more distance restricted than that, but she's, I guess, saying that deep European continent's too far, and he's got to at least be hitting the English Channel or something. Uh, why isn't he hopscotch teleporting uh, or apparating? I think it's a rule that buys her a little bit of time. She can write a sentence and he's not going to get there in time. Hooray! Harry has a chance because yeah. his god is capricious. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't know what to say. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's almost like uh, new ideas are being thrown into this book to get to I think it's, quicker. I think it's more like what you said. It's a plot device to enhance. It's like a ticking clock. She didn't have a ticking clock. Right. So she had to like nerf uh, appar- apparition so that it could be and function as a ticking clock. 
It's That's the clock fine. in San Dimas is always going forward, even though you have a time machine. What the fuck? Why? Is that a reference to the movie I haven't seen? No, it's a movie, reference to the movie everybody's seen. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah why, exactly. Why did, why they did have we to have, have to, that? when we met ourselves, why the fuck didn't we just walk to our house and have a whole night to prepare? Right. Why did we have to jump to tomorrow? Doesn't make Dumb. sense. Um, my next note's 476. Okay. Uh, Dobby's death was better in the movie. Harry Potter? Just the whole way it was described, like everything about it, just better in the movie. I mean, they literally showed and didn't tell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, can't help you, man. Yeah, did, no, did, were you moved at all? Because Dobby's long been a favorite of yours. I mean, it, you knew it was coming. That's what I mean. Like, I I wasn't moved, and I but I was with the film. Right. So like, but that's I think part of like the books have tarnished the concept of the house elf so much right for me right that like it feels bad you know dobby should have gone through a metamorphosis and stopped being a house elf and become a heart elf tied to harry's heart yeah yeah right i see like i feel like in the i I don't remember if this is what happens in the movie Mm -hmm. but like i i for some reason in my mind it would have been more impactful for dobby to dying words to be Harry Potter, my friend, or something like that. Like something, something like that feels like it would have ripped my heart out. Like as Dobby died, but uh, he just says his name, which feels kind of like boilerplate. Trying to see if this is from the movie because it does not seem like anything I just read. Yeah, his words in the movie are way better. Yeah. It's uh, such a beautiful place to be with friends. Dobby is happy That's to what be here with his friend. Harry Potter. I was right. It was basically that. Yeah. Yep, okay. Yep. Yep. You it's called it. much better. It's so much better. So much better. Like I, I can accept this the thing. The shit I did was worthwhile. I helped you out. You're everything to me. This fucking works fine. Uh, it sucks for you, but I'm content. I'm happy with life. But, but also he makes the point of being like the sacrifices and, and, and shame that, that Dobby has to go to by being a house, a free elf and all of that suffering was worth it because he got a very basic, I'll say human sure. need, which is friendship and companionship yeah. from from arguably a really unlikely source. Like as as Griphook says later, you know, he's an uncommon wizard. Harry Harry's an odd wizard. Yeah. Things because he is compassionate to these people that the other wizards, including his friends, like shit on or or treat poorly. You know that I didn't write anything down about it, and I'm sorry because that's the way you phrase it just now. That's what these books should have been about this whole time. Yeah, that reckoning of yep. why everything sucks here, just like when the, mor- the, the mortal world sucks, but this sucks in a different way, and we could maybe address some of that shit. Um, maybe people could learn from it. Uh, but it's just touched on as the plot needs it. Yep, that's that's kind of ugly. It is. And that's that's been my again my whole complaint with the whole slavery thing as yeah. long as it's been in the the books. I th- you finally is you finally made it clearer to me. Oh, cool. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. It, it only took seven books and what seventy hours of podcasting more plus sixty five ep- sixty six episodes. Many over um, an hour and a half. Come on. Yeah, I know. A lot of content <laughs> out there. That's all I'm saying. Death readers. Um, but yeah, it's it's that's what it. It's a, it feels it reeks of a missed opportunity. Um, maybe maybe again though that it just isn't for me. Like I, I 
I don't know why that stuff's there, and I've said that from the beginning. I don't know why it's here. Right. I mean, now we've lost Dobby in, like, an interesting way, but it's it's that thing that they mentioned in, in later is, like, help will always be given to those at Hogwarts who ask for it kind of well, thing. Which is but interesting, because like, we have that little flash of blue eye in the glass, so that's something. Right, right. No, just but the idea of, like, uh, sure, but, like, what? <laughs> like, like... I don't remember Harry asking for help, I guess. Let's, though, touch on, because you brought this up earlier, the fact that Dobby was able to get them out, and they were able to sneak into places this whole time that they couldn't have necessarily apparated into. How do you feel about that? Like, sure, Dobby's dead. Sure, Sure, that sucks. Also, can they use creatures similarly? Yeah. Why aren't they? I mean, Why don't they? I don't remember. They, I mean, I don't. I don't know if they. I don't know if I don't think we it. ever see creature again. Really? There, there may be one more bit. I, I could be wrong. I might be wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. I honestly don't know. I honestly can't tell you. Um, there's basically one more little bump of a plot line with ourselves, and that's about it. Well, I, I feel like the, it, it definitely feels like, again, kind of a plot hole. Like, they mentioned earlier this idea of how self-magic working different. Um, goblin magic, apparently, being kind of different or some shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, it feels like if anyone would have told Harry Potter that there was a type of magic that he could have made use of instantly, it would have been Dobby, and Dobby would have done it easily. Um. It also feels like a catch-all for, like, whenever I want, whenever I need to have a deus ex machina, I've built in that option. Mm -hmm. It's house elves. Their magic's different. I mean, this whole thing is rife with possible deus ex machinas. I mean, I guess any any book technically is, but it's the choice to use them as such that defines a weaker writer. Well, even that thing where she she has the whole line with Grip Hook about like they'll never let us use wands, and it's like what? <laughs> Th- this is happening now. <laughs> We're learning about this now. That should have come up in book two. That like that's part of the strife, and that you guys won't share your swords. Or even book one when we saw the centaurs, because they're under the same uh, problem. Onus. Yeah. What? Like, there's no black market wand dealing going on. Right. They seem so cheap. I they mean, seem so, like, these they hand creatures them to certainly children. have uh, access to all these magical creatures and, you know, wood. And uh, apparating magic. Right. Like, the capacity to break into any place they want, like, because they're magic special or whatever. That would be fascinating. The whole black market why, yeah, wand why concept. Like a, that's, that's, that's subplots upon subplots. Yeah, this idea of there's, like, an underground, like, house elf and or goblin, like, crew of people who are stealing, you know, wands and selling them to bad, you know, or, or like, wizards. Other, other magical creatures. Just even wizards, though, burner wands. Like, I can't use my yeah. wand because of Priory and Katana, but I've got this burner wand that's goblin made. Really? I use right. goblin wands? I use centaur wands, man. They're way better. I'm not even talking about using those wands that are made by those people because, like, that's not something you could steal, the, the capacity to craft them. I'm saying you steal wizarding wands. Like, Ollivander's is like an old school shoe shop. Sure. You just walk in and, like, pile a couple into a bag and you walk out with them and sell them. Basically, I want a mashup of Hackers and Harry Potter. Yeah, I, I understand. I'm saying, like, it it would 
the way it could easily function without having to like add in like goblin made or or, or centaur made is just there they just steal them sure they just i, I like it's the like idea it's of, like of, of of alternate wands okay that's my that's i'm just saying I... like that that you already get that with the wand makers like the wand makers do that kind of stuff but like the um it's like how isn't it odd that like like is anyone like the idea of like you know we have these like uh terrorists in quotations that have guns where'd those guns come from like who sold those guns to who to get them in the hands of those people don't you think that those manufacturers might should be on the hook a little bit about that kind of thing sure that's a good point i say it's like that you just you just gank a whole bunch of wands and then you give them to like nefarious goblins and you have this huge like subplot or this interesting like offshoot idea or, or even, or even centaurs, like whatever it is, you get like a dirty dozen together of magical creatures who are out there. Like, you know, a suicide squad, a, a squad that wouldn't care if they died. Right. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't like Dobby's death. That was the point of that tangent. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's a fair observation. My, I have an overview. Okay. Which is another, I think fair observation. Okay. Unless you have more in you... this chapter. I understand why this chapter had to happen here and why it had to happen this way, but I feel like there really should have been one more call to adventure before this, like one more inciting incident of drama that really felt motivated and pushing the plot along. Cause this is the first time I feel like we've had any action that actually feels like it was reasonably pushing the plot along. Even the whole going to get the sword chapter pushed the plot along in a way that felt forced and ham-fisted and, and like almost expository. Like, Mm -hmm. of course they have to get these things. So here's how they get them. I'm done with it. As opposed to they're following clues. They're walking a path They're They're discovering information as they go. Oh man, this is crazy. It's literally put there for them to pick up. It is. It's just said, Oh, there it is. There's your thing. Save it. Go get it. You're done. Also, you could have the entire opportunity to destroy a Horcrux right now. Do it. Now, there you go. Now, could, Mission accomplished. Could, could, you, could, could, you, could the same criticism be leveled against something like uh, Arthur and Excalibur, which was literally put there for him to pick up? Or is it different? Um, well, but not every... I mean, I don't know. I, I'm saying like... I'm not saying I have a problem with them finding the sword in that way. Sure. I'm saying how they got there was the problem. Okay. Arthur's okay. story is like he's... He is a king of britain but he was also like lost he was like you know he was an orphan essentially mm-hmm. and or, or like adopted or some right, shit right, right. so like raised he didn't by know Sir what his Kay, lineage whoever, was. Sure. right and so that's why he was so surprising to be the one to take the sword because everybody else had the opportunity but he wasn't worthy or they weren't worthy right um okay okay i, I, so I, I want to make sure it wasn't a good parallel. it wasn't it wasn't a good parallel. there are reasons why one works and one doesn't yeah the the reason why this one doesn't work is is because there's no legend behind the sword being at the bottom of a lake there you go it just happens to be there there's no like it just is put there because the person who's trying to find them knows they're kind of in the vicinity and sends their patronus out to get them and bring them to it like it's it's like lunch food it's like like or it's like not it's it's like lunchroom food in in middle school or something sure. you're just being slopped something that is technically energy Tubes and in protein. front of you yeah it's just here it is eat this you won't die right that's what this feels like yep here you go this is plot take it or leave it 
So like I, what I'm saying though is not criticizing those moments. I'm saying how we got there was the problem. Like it was boring. Nothing happened. A whole bunch of physical real estate in the book was taken up by shit that was boring. And I'm saying, and I think that there has a place for that in this book. I think that's part of the charm of this book is this is the book where they're in the tents. Mm -hmm. But like a huge narrative, like point, like second act had a, had huge problems in this fucking book Mm -hmm. because nothing happens. There's no, there's not really any rising action. It's just sort of like flatlining. And then there's a little bit of excitement where we just read it. I mean, I, I say that knowing that like maybe for some people, the chapter with, like Xenophilius would have been exciting because mm-hmm. that kind of fits at the around the page number area I'm talking about the, about them needing a new like action sequence sure. and we get one there but like it happens it's an in the it, but it also happens like in the chapter right before right so like that's not enough time I'm talking about a hundred pages ago right where where was the action sequence then where was the adventure moment where was the uh advancement in the plot that the characters earned and it wasn't there so now we're getting a whole bunch of it kind of focused right here and it just feels like you got to spread that shit out you got to find a way like to have them reasonably need to get to this point earlier or have a new point that they get to earlier that they can use as a springboard to get to a action moment she's got her then No, and then, then, like, finish going on to the the other ones that that all work and just, like, get them, like, justify the getting there. She's got her mediocre set pieces and really boring connective tissue. Or it's it's, it's not even boring. It's just, like, it's unjustified. It just, like, they were sitting in a, it's like, if I told you a story that went like this, three friends were camping. Also, they were on an adventure to find magical objects, but they just sat in the tent mostly. Until one day, someone came outside and said, I have one of those magical objects. Come get it. And then the pe- the three friends went out and got the object. Now they had the magic object. Their quest was completed. And it's like, that is a terrible story. <laughs> it really is. Even if you fluff it up to say, you know, three friends went camping in the woods on uh, as they quested for magical objects. After weeks of just sort of not doing anything or or inactive searching, Uh, a white glowing doe came to their door and they followed it. It led them to a a lake, a frozen lake at the bottom of which was a glowing sword. They swam to the lake, had a hard time doing it, but got the sword. Still not very good. Right. Like Hansel and Gretel's more dramatic. Like there's stakes. Like, I don't know. It just feels like like, there's stakes here too, but it just feels like you forget about them. Mm -hmm. You forget, like, about, like, what they have to worry about because so much time is spent with them being angry at each other for being pubescent Mm -hmm. and, like, hungry. (laughs) It just... Fuck. Anyway. uh, That's the end of my notes for that chapter. Okay, me too. And that brings us to chapter 24. The Wand Maker. Uh, I've got page 481. 477. It occurs to me... uh, that Bill and Fleur have got to be like, God damn it, can we have a minute alone? I mean, they've had months. Yeah, I guess, but they keep going back to this Bill and Fleur well a lot. Bill and Fleur's wedding gets ruined by Harry. They're about to have a, a Christmas alone, and Ron shows up whining about sucking. 
Right. Everything's fine. And then, you know, six people drop out of nowhere and they have to bury an elf on their property. Well, four people and a five people and a goblin. Ollivander, Luna, Ron, Oh, Hermione. six people and a goblin. You're right. You're right. I missed well, Luna. Well, like, of course, like I'm going to count the goblin. I said people. Oucha. Uh, yeah. This I episode just... brought to you by discrimination. <laughs> Only against goblins. They're big heads, larger than humans. What are they thinking with those brains? Come on, you know. You know. You're a very common wizard, Ron. Or Rob. You, Sorry, I'm going to do it every time. son of a bitch. I'm going to do it all the time. What? <laughs> so that's my So note. they don't have uh, a break. Bill and Fleur. I-, I expected Fleur to be pregnant. I think we all did. I mean, when they just dis- when he just dis- she describes the- them coming out and she's wearing an apron. I was like, with a bump, an apron with a bump, right? Because right? she's pregnant right. now. Like, no, they didn't say anything. Just I was like, that's I'm not like I was like creepy about it, but just like the- because they've talked about Tonks already, like it's been established that people of this certain age are having kids. They've just got married. There's a sort of implication about what comes after that. Uh, and I just I just expected it in it second car. Second car. So it happens after you get married, right? You, you say, get a second car? A second car. Sure. You file your taxes jointly. New uh, new new That's what new, I'm talking about. New new water heater. I, I have a new water heater. It, see? I have a new water heater too. Yep. My next note's page four eighty one. Four seventy eight. Wow, look at you. This was interesting to me. He wanted to bury Dobby properly, not by magic. I felt that was really interesting wording. Like, what are we saying here at the end of book seven or the middle end of book seven? There's no reason magic for any of this. Magic makes you lazy. Yeah, fuck, fuck, fuck this. This is stupid. Magic sucks. The whole point of the books. Well, I, I think it's like an admission of like that it it like like her writing style. Magic makes you lazy, like having an access to a thing that can just do whatever you want to it to do takes away your need to be creative. So like it takes away the need to put effort into it. So Harry's saying he knows that he acknowledges that, and he's going to make the effort out of respect for Dobby. Oh, I get that. Not take the easy way out. Sure. I get, I get that's what he's saying. I do. I do understand that point of it. And he also, she, she, she describes how each, you know, blister and, abrasion is like a gift to Dobby it's it's Harry needs to has a very human need to feel pain to 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 um cope with the trauma of losing his friend I get that um but also the wording just maybe it just it just it was too pat it was just it felt like JK Rowling going magic's stupid <laughs> Harry gave up his wand uh, and went to law school cause he see, knew this I, is I dumb I don't agree with that. What I think is funny about it is they make this whole big thing about digging the grave being so important and Dean and, and Ron <laughs> jump in to help out. Yep. And then at the end, Bill's like, magic to bury. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> <Yep>. what? <laughs> what? Like, I've buried two of my grandparents. And both times at the funeral, it's a it's become an odd sort of family tradition to actually bury the person with shovels like once they're laid into the thing huh to actually like get like line up with shovels and shovel in the dirt as much as possible before they end up just being like listen guys it's a nice gesture but we're gonna bulldoze this and like like 
we're going to flatten it out. We're going to lay some, some sod. We're going to take care of it. Um, so like to me in my culture, if you will, it has become kind of a thing about like, no, that's a, that's a sign of respect. That's a, a sign of like, the last thing you're going to do for this person is cover them in dirt and bury them in the ground. So if you can't do that by hand, if you can't put your back into that, then there's, there's shame involved in that. Right. Because it's a lack of respect. This person can't, literally can't do this for themselves at this point. And you're around, you can do it. Go get a shovel kind of thing. So like, for me, it was really ironically like, the opposite of the point for Bill to be like, Alakazoo and bury you too. <laughs> Bibbity dobbity boo. There it is. Sorry. There it is. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Sorry. I was I was I was trying to think of something. I got nothing. So I like even how I was trying to work Dobby in was not Bibbity dobbity boo. So that was that was that was beautiful. It was beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, well yeah. we should have more listeners. <laughs> Listen again. <laughs> um, anyway, I uh, yeah, that's what struck me about that. It, it's like it's like the thing with the Dementors we mentioned earlier. It kind of deflates the whole fucking stuff, all the stuff up to it. Sure, it deflates all the effort she put in up to this point to have someone be like and magic. So I don't know. I don't know what I don't know why she does this to herself or to us. Yeah. Uh, what's your next note? That's my last note. Oh, four eighty one then. Okay. Um. I really hated Harry's eulogy. I hated the eulogy of this whole thing. Did you hate Luna's as I well? Think, yeah. Okay. I no, I didn't hate what Luna said. I hated that that was all that was said. Mm, mm, mm. The the idea that Harry says or he has some sort of internal thought about like I was hoping to say something more grand like what was said at uh, at Dumbledore's funeral, but Luna kind of said it all and I was like bullshit. That's No. Luna talked about the like Harry should have said so much more in defense of Dobby mm-hmm. because Dobby had done so much more with and in his life than to to be only defined by the last thing he did. Like that's ridiculous. There should be a like much more about like him being the first free elf or however you want whatever that case may be for that like historic fa- historic fact, but him being a free elf, him being a uh a, a, a fighter against oppression, like a true and loyal friend in all these different ways. Like all this stuff that like he has done throughout these books, like how much he strove to save Harry Potter from certain doom, even though it meant like potentially like getting in, like risking his life and well being. Like Dobby's a, one of the most heroic characters in these books. And he's painted like an insane character mm-hmm. who's also like a burden. Right. And I wonder if she just like, rushed to write the epitaph that Luna gave and, and sort of disregarded anything Harry said because she didn't care or she actually thought it was good enough or she couldn't figure her way out from under like how poorly she'd she couldn't figure out a way out of how poorly she'd handled the whole like house elves are slaves thing for seven books so like maybe it was like a moment where she was just like I'm not gonna touch this in again like I'm not gonna bring that up again because I've clearly ruined that concept. Right. I I don't know what she could have written that I would have liked in this moment, but I really did not like this. It uh, um, it was very rushed. It was kind of sloppy. It uh, everything that you're saying. It's I, I it kind of feels like 
I'm not saying she's sick of it because I feel like she still has a lot of love for the series from what I've read since, but she was sick of writing. She was sick of having it over her head, the albatross around her neck. Have I said that before? I Probably, don't know. but like, or the, the horcrux around her neck. See, that's um, better. That's, that's what it lo- feels like. And everything she's describing about Harry and Ron having that thing around their neck is like how it reads when she writes this book. Uh-huh. Like she's over it. It makes her cranky. It makes her irritable. It makes her a like it, it reduces her capacity her like it reduces her skill at writing or whatever. I mean, the end um, is in sight, but it's been years. This is not like when you're halfway through a very short project and you're like, oh, I'm burning with excitement for this. In the end, you're like, oh, now it's the tedious work, but I'll finish it. Um, and everything's good because the passion was put into the first half and then, you know, the the cleanup, the the making it tidy in the second half. So it still looks great. But this is just the passion is gone during the inception of this. And it's just reading, like you said, like cranky. Imagine if Fifty Shades of Grey took... S- 3,000 pages to get to the first time they put handcuffs on. Oh, God. <laughs> that sounds even more awful. Than what it probably is if you yes. actually read it. I've yeah. not actually read it, but I've talked to people and I've seen the side-by-side comparisons about how it's literal plagiarism from uh, Twilight. Wow, interesting. Well, I, 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 I feel like she, again, she sets this whole thing up about how honorable and amazing Harry is for digging Dobby's grave and like even carving out his headstone and all that shit. But then like, he doesn't, he doesn't do them him the honor of like saying anything about him right at the end. Anyway, just, I don't know. I guess it's all, so I'm also looking at it. Like the, I'm looking at it from the perspective of a fan who wants to hear the, the stuff be said, but like also appreciating the character in the moment. Like maybe Harry's fucking shook. Maybe he like, he just, isn't able like, he's just lost somebody really close to him and he hasn't really had to deal with that yet dobby's kind of except hedwig because you know fuck the bird and and serious um and serious and dumbledore and dumbledore Argu- yeah i guess Argu- you're Argu- right cedric like, yeah he yeah okay his parents um oh, sure yeah i yeah, guess he like too, yeah. has seen a lot of people die <laughs> um and cared about many of them but I mean, what about the elf? <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess, I guess by the time Harry gets to the elf, it's like it's the only one that really affects him, is what I'm. And that's not fair either. But like, so wait, it, wait. it just. The, but the life lesson I'm hearing here is, if you're at a funeral, but from someone you've cared about, even if the person who went ahead of you says things that you found very redundant, or not redundant, but they said the things you felt like you were going to touch on, go up anyway because you're honoring them. This is not a case of, oh man, they stole my speech. This is a, yeah. I'm here to honor them. So do it. No, that's actually an important thing because I would have felt that way and been like, oh, I guess I'm not going up. So that's no, a good if, thing for me you, to have heard. If you're in a situation like that, yeah, if you're in a situation like that and that happens, I think the right thing to do is go up and speak from the heart right. ad lib. Right. Like go up and be like, you know, damn, Luna, that was a terrific speech and I couldn't, following it is going to be incredibly difficult. Thank you. You've really done an honor to our friend. Uh when I first met Dobby, he showed up in my bedroom and threatened me with violence <laughs> if I if I dared to go back to school. And that might seem weird to you guys, but then he started smashing his face against my dresser. 
so you really could never expect anything rational or reasonable from Dobby. And I think that's what's so heartbreaking about where we are today, is that there's no kinder soul on this earth, no one more willing to do what they could do to help their friends than Dobby. And it breaks my heart to know that that's exactly why we're burying him today. It's because he did everything he could for us. So today, we're going to do everything we can for him. And we're going to send him off right. Thank you, Dobby. My friend. <laughs> what? Well, first of all, I'm the kind of guy who laughs at a funeral. <laughs> Can't understand what I mean. You soon will. Um, good. I'm glad. But also, that was really good. I was impressed. <laughs> Uh, all words are bullshit. That's all I'm saying. I've said yeah. it before. I'm just I'm just saying I hope I go first because otherwise <laughs> I'm going to be like, I don't know. What? We Fucking... did 70 episodes. <laughs> just listen. God, look, I Doug basically wrote his own eulogy. Here it is. <laughs> just replace. But like every time I say Dobby, it's you going, Doug. <laughs> Just poorly mixed. Doug. Doug. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it so much. Yeah, but like, even something like, I mean, like, again, that's, that's my fan service bullshit, though. Like, that's, that's me wanting that to be the case, but, and, and and needing to appreciate the books for what they actually are and not what I wish they could be. So, in this instance, it's like, Dobby or Harry, Harry is actually distraught. Maybe this is one of those, like, I don't know. It's hard to say because like everything I want to say, like you've already said, well, he, it's already happened. Like he's already had Sirius die, Dumbledore die. Like all these people he cared about very deeply die in front of him. Mm-hmm. Dobby, arguably pretty low on the like list compared to all those people. Hedwig, you know, like, sure. Supposed to be his like faithful companion who he completely neglects and is in mistreats. Um, Anyway, the like, I can't. I can't even say like. I, I want to be able to justify it. And I want to fill in those blanks and excuse it by saying, you know, he's just, you know, he's 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 too distraught to say anything. Like I said earlier, but like I, I you know, you've kind of convinced me that he's he shouldn't be. Right. It, there's no reason. And then even afterwards, he like walks inside, cleans himself up, and starts interrogating people. It's not like <laughs> he's very well put together. Then he's he has his shit together in those interviews, like. And, and she mentions that he kind of gets that when he was digging. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know, man. I guess it's probably just not that important. But it, it, it just bummed me out because, again, like Hedwig... It feels like it should Dobby's, have been that important. Well, it's just that it's it feels disrespectful for it not to be. It feels right. like it contradicts the significance of him digging the grave for him not even to say anything. Like, it just... it It's not even having your cake and eating it, too. It's like having your cake and throwing it out the window. It's like being like... I made this great cake. Fuck the cake. Moving on. <laughs> the art was in making the cake, not eating it. That's kind of where I'm at because I'm still bitter about Hedwig. Yeah. Like. And her and her more so touching send off. Yes. It, she was a good bird. Well, uh, everything else we want to talk about. <laughs> but at the same time, like functionally, 
it would have probably been a real hassle for her to like she's committed to this format in the book mm-hmm. it would have been a real hassle for them to have Hedwig on this adventure oh sure like it would have it would have put a real like kink in the in the whole functionality of everything so like Hedwig either had to die or find another place to live but like I feel like I feel like though that could I mean that could be covered by Hedwig go hang out at the Alry at school yeah and I'll see you in nine months hopefully or like, why couldn't like owls aren't uncommon for wizarding families? Why couldn't the Weasleys just have a big owl? Right. Anyway, whatever. She she finished doing this job ten years ago. We don't have to do it for her anymore. Um, we have to do it a little longer. Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, I only have a little bit of an overview at this point. Okay. And, and that is just that at this point, I'm starting to remember where the movies went. Okay. Uh, or this movie, this final film. Well, um, this final film like, ends right here. Oh, so really? It goes to the credits. I believe burying Dobby is it's Dobby and credits. No, it can't be. I right? Because believe it is. But you tell me why you think it can't well, be. Because the end of this chapter is is the whole breaking open. It's the reveal of the Elder One. Like, that should be the cliffhanger. The oh, cliffhanger. You're, no, you're... Uh, yeah, well... Okay, yes. I, I I was thinking of the chapter itself. But yes, right. yes. I, 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 I feel that probably is... Yes, yes, it is. You're right. The, get, obtaining the Elder Wand. Because that's like, holy shit, what happens next? And then you wait a summer and you get the sequel like in four months or whatever it right. was. Um, and uh, yeah, that's because that's the part where like I'm remembering like, oh, I think I remember spoilers ahead, potentially. Um, I think I remember that Voldemort makes Snape use the wand in a sort of duel against him. So that he can kill him and take it from him, because technically Snape defeated Dumbledore. Um, you're touching on some of the incredibly convoluted semi bullshit rules. Uh, I'm not sure it's exactly presented like that, but it definitely comes up, and we'll definitely talk right. about it because I'm still confused when trying to understand it, how it works, okay. and I want to definitely step through it. Right. That's that seems to be how it's being set up now is that even though Voldemort has the wand, he probably understands that he hasn't earned it in a duel, which the wand seems to like. Right. And Snape has technically earned it in the duel. I mean, that's where I'm expecting it to go. No, no, I understand. I understand. I understand. And you're not wrong, but the answers are less black and white than that because... I, I don't want to spoil too much, but but okay, part, yeah, just, no, just, well, just because part of it's the confusion for me, I don't believe either party even has to have the wand at the time to win the ownership of it. That's my problem. That's why it gets confusing for me. And I want That's you to be stupid. looking out for that because I'm just like, really? All right. And so that's where it gets weird. Lame. That that um, that's, that, that's like the like the like the yeah like the 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 twisty subclause that makes aha moments happen later and you're like what? Um, okay, yeah, it's all my notes. Well, we're we're definitely like in the home stretch. I think we're we're, um, we're at the we're at the end of the first movie. Yeah, um, we've got a little over a third of the book left. I think. Um, man, what a what an adventure! Oh, uh, <laughs> just magical. Do you have any other uh, anything else? Oh, um, I've got a new word. 
Well, let's get what what would that be? That what would that signify in a segment fashion? Well, a new word alert. <gasps> Okay, what's the new word? Well, I loaded it in my uh, uh, dictionary app earlier. And Good I, lord, get to it already! <laughs> and it, it, um, it, it, when I when I turn the phone off, it reset, so I had to find it again. Febrile. 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 Is that like braille, but it's it's lying to you? No. Okay, I mean, I knew it wouldn't be, but marked or caused by fever. Feverish, a febrile reaction caused by an allergy. Interesting. The context with which I read it was in a book um, called Harrow the Ninth, the sequel to Gideon the Ninth about necromancers. And a woman's lost an arm and had it replaced with an all bone but bone gilded with gold arm. Hmm. And so it was, they, they, they talked about both hands being on a person's face and one the thumb being febrile, like the fleshy, feverish, body-warmed thumb, and the other one, not. I forget what the words were used there, but I was like, febrile? I don't know that word. Does it mean fleshy? It means feverish. It was interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. Good word. It good new word. Good new word. Thank you. Good series of books, if you like uh, space necromancers. It's the only kind of necromancer I like. I mean, it's it's good stuff. Swords, sorceries, spaceships, skeletons. You know what they say about necromancers? What's that? Crack open a cold one. Oh, that's necrophiles. Mm. My bad. And the podcast went downhill. <laughs> Six feet under. Oh. But, you know, the proper way. By digging yeah. by hand. Not with magic. Like, like Grant. Which is ironic because of the necromancy. He's a digger. He's a digger. A knocks on the moon. Okay, we should end this. Also has to do with necromancy, the Book of the Dead. They bring back... Bring dinosaurs I mean, to life. it's all tied together, right? people. This is the Deathly Hallows. <laughs> this is- it all fits together. Even Jurassic Park is about necromancy. I just said that, yeah. I just said it. Well, I said it first and better. Well, I didn't hear you say it. So you should take my words and see if you can make them gooder. I do. Well, not this time. Are we done? Yeah, we're done. All right. Well, that was Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. Thanks for listening. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. These reviews help new listeners find us and join the discussion. Follow us on Twitter and like our new Facebook page for Death Readers News. Become a patron at Patreon slash Death Readers. And please discuss us extensively on Reddit. You keep doing that to me <laughs> like I'm supposed to like I'm supposed to pick up where your tangent before your tangent began. <laughs> um and I keep I remind you that tangent that we just had was you just staring into nothingness trying to come up with a thing to say. Um <laughs> Uh yeah, in and page 425 we get Hold on a second, dude. Sure thing. Pretty embarrassing. God bless you. Oh, he does.
Well, we, um, it's a Jurassic Park reference because this show isn't complete without one. Yeah, mine was a Cal- mine, mine was a Calvin and Hobbes reference. Yeah, but we don't always reference Calvin and Hobbes. What if somebody calls us a pair of pathetic peripatetics? So you know that part in Jurassic Park where shouldn't we have a ready retort? <laughs> where j- j- did I already tell you this about the? No. Okay, so the I like Jurassic Park. <laughs> you sure do. But there's this one quote I can never remember because I've never actually learned it. Okay. It's the scene sure. in the beginning of the movie where Gennaro is taking the river, the raft to the dig site where they're digging up the amber uh, mosquitoes, mm-hmm. and he talks to the uh, the Spanish speaking like digger, the archaeologist, the guy who says, "Because Grant's like me, he's a digger." That guy, he the before that line. He's a digger or he likes He's to dig? He's a digger is the line. Okay, okay, okay. Sure. The uh before that when they're when the, he gets told by one of his diggers that they've found this like this new thing and he calls everybody and he says, "Muchachos." And then he says some other word or he says some another string of words and I've never been able to like I've never committed to learning what that is. Those words are. But we also watched The Mummy a couple of days ago. And I remembered, like, oh, yeah, every time I hear that line in, in Jurassic Park, I think that the guy's saying, muchachos, anaxu na moon. And I know that that's wrong. <laughs> but in my brain, that's how I phonetically justified it. So to me, that's what sure. the quote is. So, you know, Jurassic Park rules. <clears throat> and we're always going to reference it. Who knows what we're going to read next? Always are. Westworld? Waterworld, the other one. Okay. All right. All right. So, my new word. Damn. Luna, that was a terrific speech. And I couldn't. Following it is going to be incredibly difficult. Thank you. You've really done an honor to our friend. Uh, when I first met Doug, he showed up in my bedroom and threatened me with violence <laughs> if i if i dared to go back to school and that might seem weird to you guys but then he started smashing his face against my dresser so you really could never expect anything rational or reasonable from Doug, Doug. and i think that's what's so heartbreaking about where we are today is that there's no kinder soul on this earth no one more willing to do what they could do to help their friends than Doug. And it breaks my heart to know that that's exactly why we're burying him today. It's because he did everything he could for us. So today, we're going to do everything we can for him. And we're going to send him off right. Thank you, Doug, Doug my friend. <laughs>